In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, Christ is among us. Good to see all of you. I opened up the window so it would be like we were outside. If it's too chilly, let Roger know. He'll close one of them for you if you're too cold. Let him know. He'll close the window for you if it's cold. <clears throat> Every parent knows how it feels to let their child go out into the world, whether it be the first day of kindergarten or high school or college. There are feelings of joy and feelings of sadness. There is usually the shedding of tears as well, but not necessarily from the child, who is pretty excited, but definitely from the parent. Until that child realizes that it's not so easy out there in the world. And then they call home crying for help. These same feelings of joy and sadness can be seen in the church today as well on this seventh Sunday of Pascha. We are in that period of time after the ascension of our Lord into heaven and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the church. The readings assigned for this Sunday reflect that thought. Jesus had spent three years with his disciples and he knows that the time is coming when his work will be accomplished and the disciples will be in charge of taking the gospel, the good news, to the four corners of the world. Jesus Christ knows that this is not going to be an easy task for them. Jesus also used, often used the shepherd wolf metaphor knowing that the enemy is ever waiting in the shadows to scatter the flock that he himself has gathered. And Jesus prays for his disciples, beseeching the Father on their behalf. He says, Father, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And rightly so. For the world is, world is going to do anything it can to destroy the church. Jesus' deepest desire was that the, that the church remain one. He says, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Jesus is asking the Father to keep the disciples in oneness of mind, thinking the same. As the Son does the will of the Father, so the disciples are to keep that same relationship with the Father. Jesus prays for us as well, because he knows the fallen state of our human nature, and pride is a difficult passion to overcome. Just ask any two human beings to think and believe the same way all of the time. Doesn't happen, it's not easy to do. Yet we in the church are expected to be one and think as one, even as the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit are one. St. Paul expresses this same concern to his Gentile church as well. He knows the fragile state of the church he so earnestly set forth. Paul also spent three years teaching and he knew also that the time of the departure, his departure from the world was soon to come. St. Paul 
told his spiritual children. He told them, he says, savage wolves will come upon you, not sparing the flock. For from among you yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. St. Paul knew that it would not take long for other men to have their own ideas and to start separating the church. St. Paul was truly concerned about the scattering of his flock. It was not a sinful feeling of human pride like these people are mine, I'm gonna keep them together, it's all about me. That wasn't St. Paul's intent. St. Paul insisted every, that everyone listen to him because of that personal experience that he had with the light of Jesus Christ. Remember on the road to Damascus, a blinding light shone all around him, causing him to fall to the ground saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It was then that Saul was sent out to the Gentiles to make one church of Christ. It's that same light that Peter, James, and John experienced on Mount Tabor when Jesus was transfigured. St. Paul truly was chosen to be the vessel that would take the gospel to the Gentile nations. Paul felt so strongly about his mission to take Jesus Christ to the world that he said himself that for three years he did not cease warning everyone night and day with tears, spiritual tears, the kind of tears that we speak about when we say, blessed are those who weep now, spiritual tears, for they shall be comforted. And when Paul was ready to leave the people of Ephesus, they realized themselves that this would be the last time they would see him. They knew that they would see him no more. Paul was to be taken into prison. And they prayed together. You can almost see it. And they grabbed him around his neck. And they weeped on his shoulders, crying and kissing him, knowing that this would be the last time they would see him. And they would be out on their own, very much like that college student that leaves his parents' security. This strong feeling that St. Paul had for his spiritual children did not stop with him. Every bishop, every priest feels this same way about the flock that they are asked to shepherd. I know I do, concerned about every one of you, sometimes weeping as well. We weep and are concerned especially about our young adults who are going into the world. We know that they are going to make mistakes. Who hasn't? I know I made my share. We know that their Christian beliefs that they, that they have been taught by our Sunday, church Sunday school teachers and their parents are going to be challenged by the world. They will be poked fun of. They will be made fun of. They will be criticized. They will be told that they are old-fashioned beliefs from a generation that was simple-minded and unintelligent. It is no wonder then that we worry when they leave the nest. On this Sunday of the Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council who gather together to keep us in oneness of mind, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, no, forever. We are reminded that the church of Jesus Christ has only our best interest at hand. The church loves us and looks only to bring comfort and peace to our souls. We pray that we may lay aside our human pride, 
the sin that leads us to believe that we know better than the church knows. And finally, we pray that we may have the joy of Jesus Christ fulfilled in all of us as we eagerly await the celebration of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon all mankind. And isn't it amazing, there is no coincidences with God that next week, when that descent of the Holy Spirit comes upon the church, we will be in the green phase and we will be arrayed in green as we pray that that Holy Spirit come upon all of us and heal us and bring us back to where we belong. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen, Christ is among us.